Okay. So it's not live, but it is recording it. Okay. And I know you're hard of hearing, so I'll try to speak up. Anyesham of others. Punya shlokanam of pious reputation. Uddhama Yashasam whose fame is spread everywhere. Satam of the devotees. Upashrutya by hearing. Bhavet may arise. Modaha pleasure. Srivatsa Ankasya of the Lord who bears the mark Srivatsa. King Punaha what to speak of. Rappan says that a lot, doesn't he? What to speak of. What's uh, what's a more American equivalent? Not to mention, let alone, when, you say, when we say what to speak of, it does sound a little uh, archaic or fern. <laughs> but Prabhupada uses it. Translation. Now this is Sutta Goswami. What to speak of hearing the pastimes of the Lord, whose chest is marked with Srivatsa, people may take transcendental pleasure even in hearing of the works and deeds of the devotees, whose fame is immortal. Please repeat. What to speak of hearing the pastimes of the Lord, whose chest is marked with Srivatsa. People may take transcendental pleasure even in hearing of the works and deeds of the devotees whose fame is immortal. Srila Prabhupada's brief purport. Bhagavatam literally means the pastimes of the Lord and the Lord's devotees. For example, there are pastimes of Lord Krishna and narrations of devotees like Prahlad, Juva, and Maharaj Ambarish. Both pastimes pertain to the Supreme Personality of Godhead because the devotees' pastimes are in relation with him. The Mahabharata, for example, the history of the Pandavas and their activities is sacred because the Pandavas had a direct relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Anyeshan punya shloka nam uddam yashasam satam shrivat sang kasiking puna, excuse me, upashritya bhaved moda shrivat sang kasiking punaham om agyana timirandasya agyana janasalakaya chakshurun vilitam jena tasmai shri gurave namaham I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is kindly opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. 
yeah, from a respectful obeisances unto him. So yesterday's verse, uh, Tulpabu talked about the glories of hearing the pastimes of the Lord. And now Sutta is going in a step further. He's saying not only the Lord, but the Lord's devotees, they're also, they bring bliss. So, why is that? Yeah, as Prabhupada makes the point in the purport, uh, the Bhagavatam means in relation to Bhagavan or the devotees who are in relation to Bhagavan. And then he gives examples, Prahlad, Dhruva, Maharaj, Ambarish. And then he mentions the whole Mahabharata, which is a history, but it's not ordinary history because it's orchestrated by Krishna for... Um, the salvation of the world, actually. So, so that got me to thinking. But before I go into what got me to thinking, I want to ask you, in the verse it says, What to speak of hearing the pastimes of the Lord, whose chest is marked with Srivatsa. So most of us have heard what it is, but do we know what Srivatsa means? First of all, what is it? Raise your hand. Yeah, when I did a database search, it's either referred to as a curl of hair or a swirl of hair. <laughs> either way, you get the idea that it's roundish. And it's whitish. Um, so, the next question, what, what does the word mean? Uh, the, the hint of what it means is, is embedded in the name. There's a hint. Shri Vatsa. Huh? Vatsa means a cat. <laughs> well, yeah, Vatsa means a cat, but that's another word. <laughs> Shri means beautiful. What else? Who else is? Who else is Shri? I'm giving it away now. Yeah. Goddess of fortune. So Shri Vatsa literally means the mark of the goddess of fortune, who is always residing on the chest of Vishnu. So it's the shelter. It's also called the shelter the shelter or the mark of Sri, the goddess of fortune. And interestingly enough, even though the devotees here are, their glories are put on a level with Krishna's here, when we see, what, what are the, what's the uh, name of the liberation where uh, we have the same features as the Lord? Sarup, yeah, Sarupya, yeah, Sarupya. And even though that's true, um, there is certain features that the Lord retains that nobody else has, and there is two. And one is Srivat, Srivats. Only the Lord has this, lock, this curl of hair, this lock of hair. And also I found out that the, the Srivatsa is always with another, well, it's not part of the Lord's body. 
Kostuba gem. Yeah, when I looked it up, you almost always hear them listed together. Kostuba gem and the Srivatsa mark. So those are distinctive uh, marks of the Lord, hallmarks of the Lord. So, um, because of the point being that the glories of the devotees uh, are on a level with the glories of the Lord, um, I'll ask you one more question before I go to something else. Why do we relish the pastimes of the devotees? Just like the pastimes of the Lord. Well, yeah, because they're in relation to the Lord. But what is it about the devotees that... I'm not going to word this without giving it away. The devotees relish the pastimes of the Lord. And what else in relation to us? Hmm? I don't know. I don't think this is what the answer you're looking for. I just thought of how the devotees can be more merciful than the Lord. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. Um, well, what I was looking for was uh, we're also aspiring devotees. So there are role models. You know, all these great devotees, they're, they're our heroes. That's who we want to be like. I mean, everybody, just like Atul mentioned yesterday, he got really passionate, first of all, baseball. So you must have had your baseball heroes, right? And then it was basketball. And then it was politics? Okay, so we all, in every field, there's heroes. So these devotees are, uh, are great. So I was thinking, well, who... Who do I, uh, who do I really admire that I'd like to uh, share some glories of this devotee? And I mean, they're all great, but uh, I picked a char character that we started hearing about right at the beginning of this canto. It's not in this volume even, because this is part two of the third canto. In three one, the first chapter of the third canto, it started with the glories of. Anybody remember? That's a long time ago. Probably last year. The name of the first chapter in the third canon was Questions by Vidura. <laughs> He's asking Maitreya. And also, Vidura is very compassionate. And um, we're going to read about that. So, first of all, I wanted, I'll just read the verses, because uh, there's a lot in the verses. So, let's see. So, Vidura has met Maitreya and he's telling him a little bit about himself. And he's saying, O oh, gentle one, I simply lament for he, Dhritarashtra, his brother, right? Who rebelled against his brother, his brother, Pandu, after death. By him I was driven out of my own house, although I am a sincere well-wisher, because he accepted the line of action adopted by his own sons. So there were these brothers, and they had different uh, mothers, um, Amba, Ambika, Ambalika, but they had the same father, except for Vidura, Vyasadeva, except for Vidura, 
who was born of yes. No, not of the us. Oh. Remember? Vidura was born of um, No, actually it was Vyas. It was Vyas, but who was the mother? <laughs> she was a Shudrani. She was a as Prabhupada explains, um, very often the king had many queens in those back in the day. And then he also had, even there were these uh, maidservants, maidservants of the queens. And they weren't, and, uh, you know, they weren't royalty, but they were also sometimes very favored by the king. And they had, sometimes the king had children by them. So Vidura, who, what's an example of that in American history? An American president had a wife and then he had children by well, not only one president, but Thomas <laughs> a Jefferson. fame. Thomas Jefferson. There's a whole line of descendants by Sally, right? Sally Hemings, the slave. Uh, she was sharp. Okay, so um, so Vidura is is the half brother of Dhritarashtra because they had different mothers even though they had the same father. Okay. Um, so he, so Vidura is telling Maitreya here, I was, I, I lament for this Dhritarashtra, even though Dhritarashtra, he said he rebelled against his brother, his brother too, half-brother, Pandu. Dhritarashtra resented so much that he was blind, he couldn't be the king, even though he was the oldest. So, he couldn't be the king, so he tried to have his sons be the king. By him, Dhritarashtra, I was driven out of my own house, although I am his sincere well-wisher. He didn't hold a grudge. Saintly persons don't hold grudges. Because he accepted the line of action adopted by his own sons. So he felt so sorry for this Dhritarashtra who was so attached to his son, especially Duryodhana. And now he goes on. I am not astonished at this, having traveled over the world without being seen by others. The activities of the personality of Godhead, which are like those of a man in this mortal world, are bewildering to others. But I know of his greatness by his grace, and thus I am happy in all respects. So I'm not bewildered by all these things like uh, fratricidal wars and, and people turning on each other even though they're kith and kin. Uh, so I'm happy in all respects. Despite his being the Lord and being always willing to relieve the distresses of sufferers, he, Krishna, refrained from killing the Kurus, although they committed all sorts of sins, and although he saw other kings constantly agitating the earth by their strong military movements carried out under the action of three kinds of false pride. Now let's see, I want to get back to Dhritarashtra here. I guess that's it. All right. Oh, yeah. There's another card here. Where is it? Uh-oh. I think I lost it. No. It's in the next. So now we go back to the first canon where there's a lot more. So, um, actually, it is in there. Anyway. <laughs> Early, before the war, Dhritarashtra tried to convince 
or Vidura tried to convince Dhritarashtra, look, just give the Pandavas their rightful share of the kingdom. And, oh, it's in, it is in here. Okay. So here it is. Yes, this is before the war. Uh, Vidura addressed Dhritarashtra. This is called Dhritarashtra quits home. Oh no, this is after the war. I gotta find this, because this is very important. <laughs> Here it is, yay. Okay. No, let's see. Where is it here? Yes, okay, this is before the war. Because Dhritarashtra, before the war, he was torn. Because he knew in his heart that his sons were wrong. Duryodhana was a rascal. But he was so attached to him, so he, he's, wants to, he's consulting Vidura. When Vidura was invited by his elder brother, Dhritarashtra, for consultation, he entered the house and gave instructions, which were exactly to the point. Very sharp instructions. His advice is well known, and instructions by Vidura are approved by expert ministers of, ministers of state. Vidura said, so here's what Vidura said to Dhritarashtra before the war. And it was so pointed, he was speaking truth to power, as they say, that it got him in trouble. So Vidura is saying to Dhritarashtra, you must now return the legitimate share of the kingdom to Yudhisthira, who has no enemies and who has been forbearing through untold sufferings due to your offenses. He is waiting with his younger brothers, among whom is the revengeful Bhima, breathing heavily like a snake. Surely you are afraid of him. Everybody's afraid of Bhima, right? Like Superman. Text 12. Lord Krishna, the personality of Godhead, has accepted the sons of Prita as his own kinsmen. And all the kings of the world are with Lord Sri Krishna. He is present in his home with all his family members the kings and princes of the Yadu dynasty, who have conquered an unlimited number of rulers, and he is their lord. Now, here's what, <laughs> here's what Duryodhana overheard Vidura say, which really got Vidura in trouble. But Vidura is fearless. He knows he's being protected by Krishna. Vidura is saying to Dhritarashtra, you are maintaining offense personified. Duryodhana, as your infallible son. But he is envious of Lord Krishna. And because you are thus maintaining a non-devotee of Krishna, you are devoid of all auspicious qualities. Relieve yourself of this ill fortune as soon as possible and do good to the whole family. And now... While speaking thus, Fedora, whose personal character was esteemed by respectable persons, was insulted by Duryodhana. So Duryodhana appears out of the shadows and starts blasting Fedora, <coughs> who was swollen with anger and whose lips were trembling. Duryodhana was in company with Karna, his younger brothers, and his maternal uncle Shakuni. So they were reinforcing each other's worst sides. Who asked him to come here? Duryodhana is saying <laughs> to uh, 
to his father, actually. This son of a kept mistress. We say other things, right? Son of a... But he's this son of a kept mistress. He is so crooked that he spies in the interest of the enemy against those on, the, the, against those on whose support he has grown up. This ungrateful guy. Toss him out of the palace immediately and leave him only with his breath. Wow. And now, thus being pierced by arrows through his ears and afflicted to the core of his heart, Fedora placed his bow on the door and quit his brother's palace. He just left. He was not sorry for he considered the acts of the external energy to be supreme. So for him, Krishna's energy was acting uh, positively to get him out of there. And he went on pilgrimage. But the, uh, Krishna's energy was acting as Mahamaya for Duryodhana. By his piety, Vidura achieved the advantages of the pious Kauravas. After leaving Hastinapur, he took shelter of many places of pilgrimages, which are the Lord's lotus feet. With a desire to gain a high order of pious life, he traveled to holy places where thousands of transcendental forms of the Lord are situated. So he, he loved it. He just left. He knew the war was coming. So he just took the opportunity to leave. Now, after the war... Can you imagine? I mean, Bedora has been uh, insulted and, and tossed out of his own house. But, and after the war, the only surviving Kurus were who? Dhritarashtra and Gandhari. And Ashvatama, who was banished, disgraced and disempowered, so, so after the war, uh, despite all that had happened, Badura goes to the palace, which now is occupied in, uh, by the Pandavas. They've been reestablished on the throne. And he's going specifically one last chance. He's, he's, just, he, he's so compassionate, even though he's been so maligned and wronged. He's going to try to help Dhritarashtra still. And again, sharp words. He addressed Dhritarashtra, saying, My dear king, please, get out of here immediately. Do not delay. Just see how fear has overtaken you. So now Dhritarashtra's got nothing to lose. He's lost everything. He lost his sons. He lost the, you know, the kingdom. He's living. Well, Vidura's going to say this, what he's saying. This frightful situation cannot be remedied by any person in this material world. My Lord, it is the Supreme Personality of Godhead as eternal time that has approached us all. Because Dhritarashtra is very old. He's nearing death. The most fearful thing. Whoever is under the influence of Supreme Kala, time, must surrender his most dear life. And what to speak of other things, such as wealth, honor, children, land, and home? Your father, brother, well-wishers, and sons are all dead and passed away. You yourself have expended the major portion of your life 
Your body is now overtaken by invalidity and you are living in the home of another, the very people he was always trying to kill, or he, letting his son Duryodhana try to kill. It's shameless. You have been blind from your very birth and recently you have become hard of hearing. Your memory is shortened and your intelligence is disturbed. Your teeth are loose, your liver is defective, and you are coughing up mucus. This is, the, this is the ultimate teachable moment, right? There's nothing else. What has Dhritarashtra got to lose by hearing from Vidura now? <laughs> Alas, how powerful are the hopes of a living being to continue his life? Verily, you are living just like a household dog and are eating remnants of food given by Bhima. Remember how they tried to kill Bhima when Bhima was a boy? They threw him in the river. They poisoned him. And he, and he fell unconscious in the river. But by Chris's arrangement, he was bitten by eels, poisonous eels, snakes, under the water. And that counteracted the poison. <laughs> and then he emerged downstream. So, uh, yeah, eating remnants of food given by Bhima. And Dhritarashtra, he gave permission for all these atrocities. There is no need to live a degraded life and subsist on the charity of those whom you tried to kill by arson and poisoning. You, you also insulted one of their wives and usurped their kingdom and wealth. He was there when they, Dushachan, tried to disrobe Draupadi. Despite your unwillingness to die and your desire to live even at the cost of honor and prestige, your miserly body will certainly dwindle and deteriorate like an old garment. And now, Vidura is trying to fire him up now. Even though he's blasted, now he's trying to fire him up. He is called undisturbed, who goes to an unknown, remote place and freed from all obligations, quits his material body when it has become useless. He is certainly a first-class man who awakens and understands, either by himself or from others, the falsity and misery of this material world, and thus leaves home and depends fully on the personality of Godhead residing within his heart, just as Vidura had just done. For decades, I think it was decades, he was away. Please, therefore, leave for the north immediately without letting your relatives know, for soon that time will approach, which will diminish the good qualities of men. In other words, Kali Yuga is coming. So there's another impetus, another incentive to get out of here. Thus, this is Shugadev now. Thus, Maharaj Dhritarashtra, the scion of the family of Ajamid, Ajamid, firmly convinced by introspective knowledge, pragya, broke at once the strong network of familial affection by his resolute determination. Thus he immediately left home to set out on the path of liberation as directed by his younger brother, Vidura. And Gandhari followed him, the ultimate chase lady. Yeah. Okay, so I, I really like hearing about Vidura because he's so wise and he's so compassionate. Now, but he's still a Mahajan. So we might think he's out of reach. 
He's only one of the. He's one only one of twelve in the whole universe. He's like, there's a hall of fame, right? There's a Mahajan hall of. There's only twelve of them. Who was he in that verse? Yeah, I know, but who who is he? He's he's speaking the Mahajan verse, in the sixth canto. It's a trick question. Svayambur, <laughs> vayam, we. He's the last word. He's the, he's the pronoun at the end of the shloka. Vayam, we. Okay, so, yeah, he's a, he's one of the 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 twelve greatest devotees in the universe. So we might think, well, that's a little inaccessible, right? Because I mean, who am I? Okay, he's a devotee, but he's Yamaraj. He's the Attorney General of the Universe. He's the, the lawman of the universe. So then I started thinking, okay, well, who do I know in my generation who was famous for being very compassionate? Mother Teresa, yeah, but I'm talking about an ISKCON. <laughs> oh. Swami, well, there's many. But anyway, yes, he's very compassionate. Um, I was thinking of Jayananda Prabhu, uh, who was famous for being very compassionate uh, to people that nobody else could engage. I've mentioned this before. So he always engaged all the, the rough characters who couldn't even follow principles, but, he, but Jayananda engaged them all to build the carts every year in San Francisco. And then also in New York in 1976. How about Sandamani? Sandamani is very compassionate. This, yeah, any advanced devotee, that's, that's, a, that's a symptom of an advanced devotee. Um, so, yeah, so I thought of Jayananda. Um, but, and so because of his compassion, he's, he's a hero, he's a role model for us. But now I'd like to put it to you. Uh, many of, well, Krishna Kumari has been in this con almost as long as me. 71? 72, okay. <laughs> but, but even if you've only been around devotees for a little while, you've probably noticed devotees who are very compassionate and they're role models, you want to be like them. So maybe it's, it's always fun when we glorify devotees. So raise your hand if you can think of a devotee you'd like to glorify for their qualities. And okay, the default for all of us here is Mother Sandamani, right? We're putting up with so much. And just yesterday we had <laughs> the pillar. <laughs> When it rains, it pours. Okay, anybody want to glorify? Yes, Prabhu. You are very compassionate because you're spreading the teachings of Prabhupada and his position. I don't know what else to do, you know. For the future. <laughs> uh, it's mercy on me. <laughs> it's, and it's mercy, it's Sandamani's mercy, she'll let me do it. I keep traveling. <laughs> Yes. I have a friend from San Diego Temple who you might know. You got to speak up because you're. Oh. I have this friend in San Diego Temple, 
and uh, his name is Sar Sharva. People call him Sarva. From Croatia? Sarva. Yeah. Yeah. He's tall. He's he six, six foot eight, yeah. You might know him. From I know Hawaii him from too. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So and Mayapur. He would always, we had, you know, because the temple was at the beach and sand, it was only four blocks from the ocean. There were so many homeless people and just dead people hanging out. You know? uh -huh. And they would come over to the temple and try to get what they could from <laughs> us. And then there was those, all those in-between people who didn't ever want to contribute anything, but they wanted to. Eat. They weren't exactly homeless, but they were nicer, but they were also kind of like restless. But Charba never, you could tell he, I was looking at him and thinking, People were just trying to use us, you know, and I would, I would kind of get in a bad mood and I would see him. He'd just have this big smile on his face. <laughs> For those of you who don't just, know, Sharba is six foot eight. He's very lanky. Super thin. Super thin, and he's t and on Harinam, he's just. Yeah. He's he just an he ocean just of. Uh, he's just smiling and, and leaping. And, up in the air. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was just so amazed. I would always look at him and think, wow. He just didn't have any judgment about people, you know. I don't yeah. Know he just wanted to give out mercy. It's true. Yeah. The holy name, prasadam, books. Yeah. Okay, Krishna Kumari. Um, I thought I would just mention Maduha Prabhu. Maduha, the killer of Madhu serving up. Does anybody not know who Maduha is? This is a thing called Festival of India that travels around. Did you go to L.A. Rathiyatra? Yeah. Okay, so he was the one that did all the tents and the signs and the exhibits. He does, he, he just travels from May to October with that display. And he anybody Yeah. Especially the youth. He's always trying to encourage the youth. Mm -hmm. Which is really important. Yeah. Actually, where did I just see him? I saw him in New York when I was in Brooklyn. He was passing through. And uh, he's, he works still, but he, he gets a lot of these young men to do some of the heavy lifting because, you know, he's my age. So, yeah, he's great. Now, Hari Puja mentioned Malati's. I want Hari Puja to give us an example of Malati's compassion. Um, she picked me back up. <laughs> she what? She picked me back up. She picked you back up, okay. Do you want to share any gory details or no? No. Okay. <laughs> you look like a miner over there. Thanks. <laughs> or a jeweler or something. Okay, yeah, Malati, she's great. Uh, oh, Prabhu. Um, I have a couple, if I may. Uh, all the devotees here, and likewise, uh, Jivananda Swami, um, just think so, like, down to earth and approachable. Um, just really appreciate for that, and around so much. Um, and then, kind of a random but a goodie, um, Ridayananda Swami, just for his um, his intelligence and I would imagine ability to bring um, 
super intellectual people that wouldn't necessarily um, get the message of Krishna consciousness to be able to bring them into the movement. Yeah, he's good at that. Good. I thought about something about Malaki. All right. Send him to Malati. <laughs> Last chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they used to do that to us at New Vrindavan. If they couldn't handle him in city temples, they'd send him to us. <laughs> there was this one guy from Germany. His name was Maharati. Big, strong, like German guy. And so, this is in 1973. So, um, and he was a wild guy. So Kirtananda Swami, the leader at the time, said, Maharati Prabhu, you're like Bhima. So I want you to dig a tunnel through the side of this mountain. <laughs> and uh, actually his idea was to, for, to have a root cellar, you know, to, to stash produce. And Maharati did it. My God, he just, he was at Bahulaban. He just started digging through the side of part of Bahulaban and uh, just day after it was perfect because by the end of the day he was tired and he was too engaged in the in the middle of the day you know he had such energy he, he, he could get too wild you know and offend devotees or say something funny or <laughs> anyway it was perfect yeah so Okay, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted, I, I wanted to just hear the glories of devotees. Now maybe Yogi Devi, even though you've only been here a little while, and you've seen a lot, and you've heard a lot, maybe you can pick out some gold. In that place. I think for me, well, I, I've actually been with Islam for 20 years when I was a Sikh. Right. So I mean, I, my mentors were teaching me in Sanskrit or playing the, to play the harmonium. Harmonium. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but in the Kova City Temple, they train a lot of us women to play the The devotee women do? Yeah. Oh, I wonder who that is. Yeah. Um, you remember anybody's name? He was Prabhupada's driver. One of Prabhupada's driver. Drivers? One of Prabhupada's drivers. His driver, the drill chauffeur. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I would say for me, it would be Sandamani. I know she was the default. A what? I know she was the default person, but I'd say definitely Sandamani. Default. Yeah, I've known her off and on for years. Yeah. Yeah, wherever I go in the world, if I just mention her name, oh, she's so wonderful. Yeah, we just need to get her to initiate. <laughs> I just had a, uh, a catch-up with an old godbrother of mine, and uh, at some point he was a temple president many years ago. So he just remembers her meeting her once at a temple president's meeting. And that's, it was like Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha. <laughs> oh yeah, she's great. 
Okay, mothers and Dominique, come on home. <laughs> Before something bad happens again. <laughs> Isn't she in Phoenix today? She was in Phoenix. She's maybe she's. What was she doing? Oh, she was visiting. Uh, what's her name? Sadie. Yeah. yeah. We have this well-wisher supporter, and so she visits her. There's a there's a good example there. She gives Sadie sangha. Okay. I think that's all I have. So. Tune in tomorrow for, for Dero. We'll, yes, he will continue. Number 35. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Oh, okay, question. You mentioned the devotees don't hold grudges. Yeah. How do we get over holding grudges? Hmm. What do you think? You don't know? <laughs> well, as they say in self-help, the only person, the person who's hurt most by the grudge is, is you. You're holding exactly. this. Yeah. This is forgiveness. Yeah, right. Yeah. To forgive is divine, to grudge is demonic. <laughs> and well, we just... The whole question. Yeah. That's not the answer, that's the question. So how do you get over holding a... By realizing that you're hurting yourself. Yeah. There you go. Who wants to hurt themselves except the mad person? So I was thinking okay. you, were, you were talking about Vidura, about Vidura. He's, you were reading how he saw this, this is the external energy of the Lord. Where mm -hmm. he, so I think when we have some... Yeah. Krishna conscious realization that this is just the external energy working and how can we blame the external energy? It's just the modes of nature. Yeah. So if we, if we hold on emotional attachment to how the modes of nature are working then like you said we're just hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. Or uh, the late great Bhaktitirtha Swami when he was Ganeshyam uh, a new devotee he uh, went to Srila Prabhupada actually with a complaint and he said Srila Prabhupada there's racism in your movement and Prabhupada said yes this is the bodily concept of life so if you resent the racism then you're as bad as the, the racist and that struck him because he had been a big uh, leader in the, uh, in the 60s in black liberation, black power. So that was kind of a remnant of his mentality from, from those days. So he was saying, there's, there's racism in your movement, Prabhupada. So it was, Prabhupada, it was like Prabhupada's, you know, so what else is new? So there's Maya in the movement? Yeah, okay, you're going to be the change you want to see in this guy. So he was telling him that if you... If you're uh, affected by that, then you're as bad as them. So whatever we see in the movement that there's a shortcoming or that we resent or we have a grudge against, the challenge always is we have to, we have to be the change we want to see in ISKCON or in ourselves. <laughs> we have to be better than that. What did Michelle Obama say? 
When they go low, we go high. <laughs> yeah. When did she say that famously, do you know? She was giving a talk. I forget where the talk was. And somebody started yelling at her. And she just shut the lady right down. She just got right in front of the lady's face and said, Oh, no, you don't. You're not going to do that. You're not going to ruin this occasion with your negative energy. And she just told her to leave. And then she said later, When they go low, we go high. <laughs> so that was a tough high, but it was high. Okay. Uh, another bit of embarrassed, I just want to say to Tula Prabhu, my heroes, some movement. <laughs> I, I actually heard about Krishna consciousness a little bit before him, but he took the reins, obviously, and he's been, uh, for lack of a better word, holding it down here, and I just appreciate all the, you know, progress that you've made, and it really inspires me. And, and you're the guru, you're the, the Varma Pradarsha guru, you're the introducer guru. Right? One of them. One of them. One of the early ones, yeah. Okay. So that means you got to take inspiration from now. You, now you got to pass him. That won't be too hard. Okay, just babbling here. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. Of course, so. Okay. Can I continue, Garland, and go to